Hey, hey, it's Monday. We made it through the weekend, and here we go. You're listening to What's Right. Sam Rajofsky here, your host, taking control of this hour of radio. Pleased to have you with us. Look, uh, I've, I've been following this news today as the January 6th committee hearings continue. And the line of questioning that they are pursuing basically consists of this. They've got a whole string of witnesses who were either directly or somewhat directly involved in the days after the 2020 election who all felt differently than Trump. Namely, these are people that believe that Trump decidedly lost the election or at the very least couldn't claim victory in the immediate aftermath. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to show that or use this evidence to prove that Trump knew dispositively that he'd lost. And I'm telling you, as an attorney, this is not how it works. You can't do it if we lawyers, we call this mens rea. The, the consciousness of, of the, that what you're doing is wrong or you're, you have to prove a, a state of mind for certain crimes, particularly crimes that have an intent element. So here, the, the case is being made. I, I mean, if they're making a case that Trump was detached from reality and that's the argument that they want to make, fine. Those are all witnesses that can speak to it. Now, no witness can say, oh, I told Trump he lost and he didn't believe me and parade 20, 30, 40, 100 of those type witnesses in front of us. And then us go, oh, well, of course, yeah, Trump, uh, he, he clearly knew he'd lost and he was just doing this because he wanted to seize power and control. This is such a weak case and yet at the same time we already now understand that what they want to do is try trump criminally have him arrested hauled before a court and convicted of treason and we know this because they're telling us this adam schiff spoke today to capitol hill correspondent ali vitali uh, talking about the hearings, and Ali Vitali asked, what's your message to the Justice Department as they are watching these hearings? And here's what Adam Schiff says. Well, look, we're, we have done and are doing a vigorous investigation to find the full facts uh, and follow the facts where they lead and, uh, and, and then share those facts with the American people. The Justice Department, they need to be doing their own investigation. Uh, they clearly are investigating many of the people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th and those who organized or funded them. But as our committee has been demonstrating, there were multiple lines of effort to overturn the election. Uh, as the judge in California has said, uh, some of those lines of effort likely involved criminal activity on the part of the president. That needs to be investigated by justice as well. Poor Adam Schiff. This guy, the Democratic congressman from California, was, if you remember, one of the lead prosecutors in both of the Trump, the failed Trump impeachment trials. So he got crack number one at, at Trump, crack number two at Trump, lost both of them. 
and now is pursuing this nonsense all over again, the millions and millions and millions of dollars of taxpayer money spent on this crap is astounding to me. The smart Democrats, right, not the, not the baying, whining hyenas that you see on television, you listen to on the radio some places, and read on Twitter and in the garbage newspapers of the country, i.e. the Washington Post. Not those Democrats, but the smart Democrats, the quiet, erudite, intelligent, strategic Democrats are beginning to understand or have understood from the get-go that this entire process is a losing proposition. Because there are two competing headlines today. You always have to contextualize what you're doing in politics with the current zeitgeist. What is going on in the news today that matters? And the news today and last week and last month is a tanking economy. Middle America, a lot of the so-called swing voters that abandoned Trump and went to Biden, those folks are getting hammered. They are getting their savings destroyed. They are losing uh, years of retirement age because they're having to postpone when they quit working because of the devastation done to their 401ks, retirement funds, and like. When they're done bleeding from the eyeballs, looking at their investments, they then go to the store where they get a second heart attack. And then finally, with what probably is stroke-inducing at the gas pump, they find out that gas prices have gone up, what, 50 cents? In three days, 30 days, in the last month? These are not insignificant numbers. There have been overnight gas increases in some areas of up to 30 cents. And it is all happening because we have a buffoon of a president who is asleep at the wheel, who's mumbling his way through things. And the Democratic Party, the, the, the young uns, right, the the spry 65-year-olds that are running the country in Washington are all obsessed with the past. If getting Trump, who may very well be a non-party in the next election, and by party I mean a non-factor in the next election, if you are chasing that, and you cannot get a grip on what is occurring in the economy, I'm sorry, you do not deserve to be in power. And this is common sense. This is not, I'm not coming at this from an ideological place. If the Republicans were doing this, I'd be berating them. And you know me, you know, you listen to this program, you know how I am very capable of going after our side when they screw up. That's one of my many charms. This, I'm just, I am blown away by this. I'm blown away by the stupidity of it. I'm blown away how tone deaf it is. And watch, by the way, notice this, this J6 hearing, the committee, a 
the public hearings on the attack on the Capitol, watch this slowly wither away as time goes on and the economy worsens. There will be more pressing news that, that, that starts to overtake the cycle, and this thing is going to just, I, I fully expect it'll, it'll, start to, it'll start to dwindle because the media will begin to understand that this is not playing well. Now, the last people to understand that it's not playing well is Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff. Democratic Congressman, uh, what's his face? Bernie Thompson, Democrat, Mississippi. He's the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. He's the one leading this farce. One thing to note is he's actually privately sued Donald Trump for his role, for Don Trump's role, alleged role in the Capitol riot, right, is how they're putting it, the riot. Which I'm fine. I mean, I protest, riot, insurrection. So anyway, Benny Thompson is suing him. And, and I just, why is this relevant? I'm glad you asked, because look, I'm a lawyer. I know how expensive it is to prosecute a case against another party, a civil claim. Civil claims are expensive. Lawyers cost money. Wouldn't it be nice if I was suing someone and instead of having to spend my own money deposing witnesses and gathering evidence and making my case wouldn't it be just great if I could use the power of the federal government given to me by virtue of my elected office and have all of my lawyers' work done for me by congressional investigators that no one in the media, not even conservative media, is going, hey, wait a minute, Bernie, by the way, not Bernie Sanders, Bernie Thompson, wait a minute, Bernie isn't this kind of a little bit self-serving over here? You've got your lawsuit running against Trump on track A, and track B, you are directing millions of dollars of federal resources at investigating Trump for the same parallel issues. Hmm. I don't like it. I think there's a, an obvious conflict. So these were the things to, to watch for. And, and in the background, of course, again, I, I bring it back to the economy. The only people that are not suffering in this economy are, are, are members of Congress. They're getting their paychecks. They're getting fat and happy over there. They don't trade stocks the way we do. They've got all the inside information in the world. I mean, guys go into, hey, look, we're here in Nevada. Let's be real. I mean, Harry Reid... He's a, basically a, a, a government guy for his, most of his life, bit of an, a lawyer for early part of his career, ends up a multimillionaire, all from being in the Senate. That's not a head-scratcher. I don't know what is, right? This is the, the inside dealing by these people is, is, is off the chains, always has been, and they do great when the economy sours. Who's left to rot? You and I, right? Small business owners people that have to earn a living in the private sector. This is going to be a hard, hard few years that are coming up. We're going to feel some pain here in Vegas, in L.A., in New York. 
and all across America. And these buffoons in Congress are, are, are wanting to get into whether Rudy Giuliani was drunk on election night. Of course he was drunk on election night. Let me clear that up for you. No way, Jose. Of course he was drunk. <laughs> Tell me something we don't know. And that a hundred people came along and told Trump that he lost the election and he didn't believe it. One of the things that made Trump a tremendous president is that he didn't just believe every BSer inside the Beltway DC type when they told him X or Y or Z. Now, he wasn't always right, but he challenged conventional thinking. And man, right about now, when I look at Joe Biden, who can't even, he can't even cognitively comprehend where he is half the time, the idea of having Trump back in the White House, asking some hard questions and putting all these losers on their back heel sounds pretty damn good to me. All right, don't go anywhere. Speaking of Biden, his former daughter-in-law has written a tell-all book about her time with Hunter. It ain't good. Uh, she's going to go on TV tomorrow, so that's going to be a delicious morsel. Let me tell you what I think is going to happen, how this is going to go down. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to The What's Right Show. We're going to continue after this. Accountability after an accident means more than just a settlement check. It means getting you back to 100%. We hold the insurance company accountable for what they owe you. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Jamarjovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Great to be with you. Uh, by the way, had a uh, needed to get a new safe today. I always recommend if you are a gun owner, be safe by getting a safe. Lock up your firearms. Keep them away from your kids, away from criminals, all that good stuff. So had a great time over at Nevada Safes on Charleston. Uh, met a fan of the program, Ray, who was uh, it was great to catch up with him. I, I walk in and and I said, well, I'm going to have to have it delivered here and here. And I started giving him my name. He goes, oh, my gosh, I love your show. I love what you guys do. Sam and Ash, all that good stuff was just absolutely delightful. So I, I got a picture of him. We're going to we're going to post it here in a moment on the What's Right Show Instagram. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway. That's the fun stuff. Now let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. Hunter Biden's ex-wife is breaking her silence tomorrow on Good Morning America. She's going primetime, baby. And what do I think of this? Well, it's not good. <laughs> Can we start there? <laughs> Just the, the minute the ex-wives begin to speak, friends, is the number one reason to stay married. If you're in a marriage that's not perfect and whatnot, you know, keep it locked up if you can, uh, because suddenly you have an ex-wife, and, and next thing you know, she's writing a, a tell-all tale book about everything. This is this is not good. Remember, she was the one. If I remember this right, she was the one who was married originally. Uh, oh, this is the whole family's conf confusing, right? But they had a twenty-four-year marriage. It's a long time, and and she has written a pretty detailed book 
that is going to be published shortly or is just coming out. I look forward to reading it. I will, I will peruse it for you. But here's one thing that it'll do. It's, it, I love that she's on Good Morning America. It's going to force all these media companies to acknowledge finally that that damn laptop was real. I mean, they have, they're still in denial. There are still major publications who called the New York Post report on the Hunter Biden laptop propaganda. What do they call it? Misinformation, disinformation. Uh, and, and they haven't apologized for any of it. So now you're going to have Miss Buell, Kathleen Buell, go on primetime television, corroborate a lot of what was in that laptop, I believe. That's the title of it, If We Break, a memoir of marriage, addiction, and healing. Presumably her healing, not his. So, I mean, she's going to get into the crack pipe, to all the stuff that we, with all the photos that we were told not to look at because it was probably generated by the Russians, now is hitting the, you know, the foo-foo primetime left-wing GMA, Good Morning America crowd. And all of a sudden people are, I mean, it's, it's terrible actually, by the way, that, that Good Morning America is starting to be more credible than the Washington Post. Now, speaking of Russian propaganda and whatnot, there has been a report I read about this. I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm Czech, or my parents were Czech. I was born here, proud American. But I do speak the language. I do speak Czech, and I read Czech, and I, I do follow the Czech newspapers. And one, one reason for that, you just find out different things. You also find out, by the way, I'll, I'll let you know a little secret. You find out how terribly misinformed most of the world is about the U.S. And do you know why? Uh, they're, they're actually misinformed because these stupid reporters in, in Europe will read the front page of the New York Times and then just repeat without thinking, mindlessly regurgitate in their language what is being written here by these terrible newspapers. So anyway, that's one thing. But they had some information on Putin that I thought was interesting. Yeah, there's been leaks now, pun unintended, that Putin collects his poops wherever he goes around the world. I'm giving it to you straight. I mean, I, I guess I should have said that a little in a more nice way. They, he has a porta potty, a lot like Kim Jong Un. He has a uh, a porta potty that he that he takes everywhere with him, and and sometimes it's basically like you know when you potty trained your kids and you have those chamber pots, you can kind of put down on the ground or put over a toilet and whatnot. I don't know if you had those. Anyway, I, did, I never did that with my kids. I made them use the real deal. But anyway, he's got one of those and he collects his stool and uh, number one too, because apparently that is something that could is considered a state secret in Russia. They're, they're very obsessed about getting any kind of DNA sample from Putin, doing any kind of health scan on, on his on his movements and also they you know actually they're so obsessed about his dna i don't know if you know this but he will carry his own water bottle he's like one of those hipsters here in the arts district you know he carries around a you know a camel camelback or whatever uh because he won't use a glass that is given to him if he's not at home at the kremlin so fascinating that he does not want to know 
one does not want any of us to know his health or his DNA. Meanwhile, we all, of course, turn over our DNA willingly to big corporations to find out our long-lost relatives and where we come from, and we do that without thinking. So, of note, Putin collects his tools. All right, when we come back, yes, uh, there's SCOTUS watch. I, any day now, Dobbs is set for release. This is the Roe case. Let you know what's going on with that. And, of course, the big rallies, the gun control rallies, what does that mean I'll give you the scoop on that when we return. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky, your host, and I will be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. Sam and Ash here with a What's Right PSA. If you've been hurt and a lawyer reaches out to you first, run the other way. It's unethical and honest lawyers don't do it. Don't let your lawyer choose you. If a tow truck driver, mechanic, or anyone at the ER tells you which injury lawyer to hire, chances are that person has a shady deal with the lawyer. Don't risk your future with a crooked lawyer. Choose the law firm you know you can trust. Call us 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. I don't know what they're thinking. I guess I'm reading now that a number of Democrats are actually running against their own party. For example, here, Senator Masto in Nevada saying she's going to run. She's running for a second term to help stop the gridlock in Washington. Ah, They think we're this stupid. The most important thing we can do is go out and vote and get these people out of office. Toot sweet. And to that end, do not forget the primary is tomorrow. We did not go through every single office but we did on the what's right show instagram and twitter go through a a, published a voter guide of who we support this is just for your information so you know our position we're not telling you how to vote and we can have our differences i was having some exchange with some guy i guess i guess ash ended up having some exchanges with some guy on twitter over the weekend incensed that we would support Michelle Fiore. You know why? I guess his gripe was Michelle doesn't have an advanced degree. I almost fell out of my chair. Hey, you know my Michelle Fiore story, by the way. I know she's crazy. I get that. I mean, she's a, a, a character. But when I moved to Nevada, I was over, I was having lunch with a friend it was me, Ashley, and a friend of ours from law school. We were having lunch at the Golden Nugget. And Michelle Fiore was there for a, a big lunch, business meeting, whatever. Don't know who was there, but a lot of people. She came over to our table uh, because she knew our friend. And so we were introduced. And I said to her, I said, well, I introduced myself. I said, I explained to her, she asked what we we're doing. And I said, well, we're, I just moved here and I, I was starting a business, starting a law firm here in downtown Las Vegas. And the words that came out of her mouth, I agree, it's crazy, because I'd never heard it from a politician ever. She said, "Uh, well, Sam, Ash, great to meet you. We want you to succeed. And anything you need from the city, just know we, the city of Las Vegas, are here for you. 
and I almost fell over and fainted because coming from California, where I had at that point started at least three successful businesses, I was absolutely perplexed, perplexed to hear those words come from the mouth of a politician. In California, politicians, they come for you with, I mean, they're basically holding a shiv in their hands up to your throat and figuring out how to slit your neck, financially speaking, and, and, and through regulation and whatnot. And that's my, and, and, and then I'll tell you, every time we had an event here at the office where we did something cool, put up a mural, any kind of work we did in the community, we'd invite everybody on city council and Michelle would be the only person to show up. I mean, she works her rear end off and she's a huge cheerleader for the city. So yeah, that all matters to me. And those are my personal experiences and that's why she's on the damn voter guide. I thought you might want to hear it from me. So there it is. And do I care that somebody doesn't have an advanced degree? No, because you know, if you listen to this program, you know, we are common sense conservatism. That's who we are. We're common sense. Most of the people I know who have advanced degrees went to school, paid a ton of, well, got a, got into debt, and proceeded to get lobotomized by the idiots that run those colleges. So I see when I look at resumes and I see, ooh, look at that, Harvard. I think, oh, (laughs) I'm going to have to deprogram that person. I'm going to have to teach them common sense. I'm going to have to teach them street smarts, right? Because being a lawyer, being an effective advocate for clients, being a business owner, you know, it's street fighting. You've got to get in there and, and you've, got to, you've got to think on your feet and you've got to be creative and you've got to think outside the box. And, you know, they don't teach any of that at these schools. And we are, oh, so many people, particularly on the left, are actually insufferable elitists. And to me, this, the, the enormous distaste that the left has for Trumpism is actually indicative of their, of their classism that they have. They look at these Trump supporters showing up there on January 6th, and, and it's, it's, not about, it's not about the violence. It's not that some dude put his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. They look at those people in their trucker hats and their blue jeans, and they're repulsed. That's not the America that they want. They, they're America. They want out of they want America out of a out of a gourmet coffee shop. That's the America that they want. They want craft beer America. They don't want Pabst America. It's it's the truth. I, I the disdain that they have for ordinary Americans is, is evident. And so, you, you know, when, when, when I remember during, and you remember this moment, 2016, when Hillary Clinton talked about the, the deplorables, 
it came, it rolled out of her mouth so easily, did it not? And it rolled out so easily because that's how they all talk. And what they do when they go run for office is they just, I mean, they, you can almost see the distaste that they have. Never forget the most popular president in the last 25 years who still managed to get 10 million less votes than Joe Biden. And I mean, of course, Barack Obama. I mean, he didn't even like shaking hands with people. He just went around. He was the one who popularized the fist bump. You know, here's a fist bump, my man, right? You need a fist bump. Because he didn't, he didn't literally didn't want to touch voters. If you want to be a politician, you want to represent the people, you better like people. You have to actually like human beings. That is, if there's anything good to be said about Bill Clinton, you look back, Bill Clinton loved it. He loved every aspect of it. That was the model for success running as a Democrat. But of course, now today, Bill Clinton is left scratching his head, bewildered by his party and where they've gone because they've made one hell of a left turn that has been absolutely frightening. Now, speaking of left turn, one thing that is self-evident that Washington is on the brink of some very troubling times in the coming couple of weeks, we are any day away from having the Dobbs decision, which is the revisiting of Roe v. Wade, be published by the Supreme Court. Now, we know we've had at least one uh, act or, or threat that we know of against a sitting Supreme Court justice revealed. We know certainly there have been others that the marshals, court police, and FBI have not discussed. We know that there's a group that today went to Washington to shut down Washington in an effort to send a message to the court. And they were moderately effective, created some problems. Of course, those people are protesters. Notice the double standard. These are people, by the way, whose stated intention is to disrupt the ability of the Supreme Court to issue a ruling as to a law from performing its function under the Constitution. But the media does, well, they're breathlessly covering an event that happened a year and a half ago where protesters disrupted the work of Congress. And it's just the way it's handled is completely differently. So I've different. So I, I know this week may end up being a, 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 a watershed moment a watershed moment and what i th what i think will happen friends what i where i think this is going to go is it's going to be revolting and it will be yet one more thing that people do not like and do not it, it, that is off-putting to the swing voter to the to the to the you know 50 50 doesn't know where they are voter and seeing some more political violence i think right now that's contemporary and that's on the left and that will be and they're all emboldened right they're all emboldened from the blm protests all the antifa guys they're all they got away with it and so they're going to push the envelope even more and expect expect fireworks 
So I definitely am going to follow this and, and need to keep an eye on it. This is going to be big, big news when it hits. All right, when we come back, gun control. There's, I guess, a sense of, of some bipartisanship coming together on one element of gun control. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. Don't go anywhere. What's Right Show, Sam Rajovsky here. Talk soon. Hi, Sam Rajovsky here. You're listening to News Talk 840 KXNT, the What's Right Show. All right, friends. Look, uh, gun control now, big topic of conversation following all the school shootings. There was a rally on Saturday, June 11th, March for Our Lives. And one of the headline speakers in D.C. was, wow, this guy, David Hogg. He's one of the Parkland shooting survivors. And he's become a huge activist, as you may well know. So he gets up and he... Most of the talk, I want to disregard, it's not not important, but the part that I thought was fascinating was getting into the argument of good guys with guns and how they don't make a difference. Now, he does mention an important thing, which is at Parkland, there was a school resource officer who was present on campus, and he hid like a coward which is unacceptable and shameful. And kids died that day because he didn't do anything. By the way, he was fired. I think he was charged criminally. And then charges were dismissed and he fought to get his job back, which he did, including back pay. So that in and of itself was a very shameful episode. But anyway, here is David Hogg talking about good guys with guns. I have issues with this. Let's remember that the argument of just funding more mental health has been tried constantly again and again, and we do need to fund mental health more while recognizing racism is not a mental illness. But let's also recognize, after Columbine, they said, you know what we need is more good guys with guns in our schools. Let's remember, let's think for a second. Teachers feel the same way. Let's remember, there was a good guy with a gun at my high school. He only proved to be a coward with a gun. Let's remember that in Texas, outside of the school, there were 19 good guys with guns, heavily armored and trained, and they failed. First responders need to be the last resort and not the first to saving our kids from gun violence. Okay, so here's the problem with this. Why school shootings, right? We have to boil it down to the, to the Nats rear end. Why school shootings? The answer, of course, is you can say because guns and because mental health and because all this. Those are those are those don't explain why there is a large or perceived a large amount of of fatalities in schools. The reason is they're soft targets. The elementary school I went to, which I will not now say where it is, is just such a soft target. Glad my kids don't go there anymore. It's an open campus. It was designed in the, I believe, the 80s, early 80s. It's architecturally interesting. Open, green, 
lots of trees, nice playgrounds. And then there's a little sign. You walk up to the school and there's a sign. And it says, wait for it, gun-free zone. And here's, here's the crazy thing. For years, libs look at that sign and think, it's a gun-free zone, we're not going to do this. It's safe. No guns here, it's going to be great. Because we put up a sign. All that sign says to all these disgusting, vile, homicidal maniacs is come here. No one's around to defend themselves. If you are not willing to have a conversation about that, you're delusional. I, I, I'm not, the, the, I, I don't even know why Republicans are discussing gun control with Democrats. Foundationally, I, I want to ask about these gun-free zones because that's where these mass shootings occur. When's the last time somebody walked into a gun range or a gun store and did a mass shooting? <sighs> no, I don't think so. Their preferred solution, right? The, the March for Our Lives, this, this hog guy and all of the anti-gun people is they want a universe without guns. And to me, this is the same delusion when leftists tell you how great socialism is and that the only problem with socialism is never really done the right way. The same people will say that restorative justice actually works. It just, we've just had problems with execution. And these are the same people that, that believe in the fantasy land that we're going to outlaw guns because that's their objective. They want to outlaw guns. And they will, of course, uh, then, of course, they believe that the world will have no guns and that the bad people out there will not be able to get a weapon. And it's absurd from top to bottom. So I absolutely disagree with this. And that's, this is what he said. Let's also recognize after Columbine, they said, you know what we need is more good guys with guns in our system. Let's remember there's a good guy with a gun. He only pr proved to be a coward with a gun. Well, he's right. He's right about that. But I tell you, my kid's school has several armed guards. And I'm very pleased about it private security contractors and they are uh they're standing by to be heroes i hope it never happens but they play a very important role and i'm lucky that uh that my kid's school does that so this is just delusional thinking and by the way so so bipartisanship in congress the senate now talking about doing red flag laws, new red flag laws, where they would look at to the mental health of a, a potential young gun buyer between 18 and 21, looking at things like perhaps uh, investigations into juvenile records, mental health records, checks with state databases and local law enforcement. And I want to caution you about this because I think reasonably you look at this and go, well, yeah, of course. I mean, we should be looking at that. That's important because we don't want nut jobs with guns. 
But I know where this is headed because I know these people like the back of my hand. And where this is headed, regrettably, is defined to me mental health issues. What if they don't like somebody's political tweets? What if you've expressed a belief that you think Donald Trump, well, that he should be the president, that the election was stolen? Is that a mental health problem? Right? You see where I'm going with this? Left undefined, the devil is in the details. And once again, I always say this, Democrats, they don't want to meet you halfway, Republicans. They are not interested in that. They want you to meet them halfway. Bipartisanship is Republicans doing what Democrats want. And that's what's happening here. Chuck Schumer is celebrating this as a major step. It seems so small, right? Why is he celebrating it? Because there's an agenda behind it. They're going to use this as the first stepping stone to begin disarming people. And it may very well turn out that in its implementation, it is ultimately declared unconstitutional. All right, if you missed any portion of the show, please go to the podcast, What's Right Show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Find us there. Uh, it's been always great to be with you. I, I love it. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what happens here with the Supreme Court, see if there's a, a decision released. I'll be here to discuss it. If it does, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.